I'm seeing people who maybe prior to this would have been very resistant to it beginning to see this as opportunity because they're seeing value in what it is to do church differently. In my work as a pastor and pioneer of new things, I get to work with, coach, and learn from others, tilling soil, planting seeds, and praying for rain as we dig in and engage our communities for the mission of God. Join me as we share stories from the field in the Common Ground Podcast. You're listening to the Common Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Jalot, cultivator of fresh expressions here in North Georgia, where the tea is sweet and I like to say I might be a little bit salty. <laughs> I'm here today with my friend and my favorite holy mischief-making pioneer, Melissa. Melissa, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? I guess we've known each other for about three years. Yeah, we've known each other. Um, I guess we first got to know each other at the Pioneer um, Learning Community back down in the Griffin area a few years ago is where we first really started hanging out together, but I am... Melissa Kime Hall. Um, I have to practice saying that. I just recently I got say, married. Newly married, yeah. Newly married, um, like two weeks. And um, I am a I'm an associate pastor at Roswell UMC in the lovely Roswell, Georgia, and um, just enjoy getting out in the community and figuring out ways to reach people beyond the church walls and connect them to um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So You do a really good job of, like when we met, it was, uh, you were in a different context in a different church in a different city. And you do a really good job of uh, kind of what we talk about in Fresh Expressions of, of listening to your community, of paying attention, of noticing um, you know, what the big questions are, uh, where the, the neighborhood network and need is, and and how you as a leader in the church can be a part of, of connecting people, finding common ground and, and building uh, community and relationships. You're, you're good at paying attention, and you have certainly done that in your new context as well. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that um, this is an odd time. Uh, we are in the middle of a global pandemic, certainly not the, the time that I initially thought I'd be launching a podcast when we planned this uh, last year, but it is a time of truly great significance to Fresh Expressions and the, the movement of Fresh Expressions and that one of our, our big questions, uh, one of the big things that we seek to do is, is to be the church without a building. And hey, I mean, what a what a serendipitous time, uh, because we're all asking that question right now. What does it mean to be the church without a building? And um, I've just been so impressed with uh, the innovation and the creativity, and just really kind of leaning into this weird, awkward <laughs> season that we're in, and really some of the skills that are coming out of it. It's, it's quite remarkable. One of the questions that um, I really want to ask in all of our podcasts is, you know, where, what does Common Ground look like for you right now? I think we could agree that it, it looks like a global pandemic. I mean, we can all get on that page, right? Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's fear, there's a lot of questions, um, and, um, you know, trying to figure out what our 
I don't like, I want to say new normal because I think this is an unfolding situation and scenario, but our next normal is, and in some of our exchange and preparing for this conversation, you, you kind of unpacked that a little bit. So what does common ground right now look like for you, Melissa? You know, to talk about what it looks like now, I have to talk about what it looked like even before. So for me, common ground prior to say March 13th, which to me is kind of the marker of like, when everything suddenly shifted, um, you know, my common ground was centered around these places where we could um, physically gather kind of outside of the church in community and be together. I had done a lot of work um, with Kristen Shell's book, The Turquoise Table, about creating places of welcome and had really gone around and looked at where are places that people are gathering, where are the third spots um, in the community. And then suddenly on March 13th, that kind of all came to a grinding halt. And so for a couple of weeks, it was, um, I really kind of just sat around and kind of questioned like, well, what does it mean to gather in community in kind of this spirit of fresh expressions um, during this time? Where do we create spaces? Yeah, because I mean, a lot of the spaces that we gather in for these fresh expressions, these new forms of church are what we call third spaces or around affinities, right? I mean, we gather in coffee shops or restaurants or ball fields or at the gym or, you know, those kinds of things. And um, all those things were, you know, immediately overnight kind of taken away from us. Exactly. And I mean, and so suddenly we went to live in life at you know, at a, what, at a minimum of six feet apart, if not more. And so fresh, you know, a third space suddenly became some kind of virtual spot. And so, you know, was it going to be a Google Hangout or was it going to be a FaceTime or was it going to be Zoom? What was, what was that third space going to look like? Um, and so it was interesting because the people I had been meeting with kind of in my table um, fresh expression, that core group was really kind of gung-ho, like, we're going to figure this out, but we're going to figure out how to do it physically. Like, how can we meet still together? And I kept saying, we can't, we can't do that. There's too much potential for harm. Um, even though now that's what you would love. So I said, we've got to go virtual, virtual. And it was interesting because most of them were like, no, we don't want to go virtual. Um, and so I kind of had to pioneer out on my own again wow. and reimagine what that was going to look like um, to kind of chart this new course. And so I kind of sat down with God and said, you know, like, show me, show me what you want me to do. And, um, and that was when I kind of started exploring the different platforms and landed on Zoom and began hosting basically virtual table hours again but now with a whole new group that's gathering, which is super interesting to me to have this new common ground with new people. Yeah. So your fresh expression had to become fresh all over again. Fresh all over again. And it's interesting too, because the coffee shop um, that we were kind of gathering at as a result of this um, pandemic has it's closed permanently. And so I already knew kind of going in, I was like, we're going to have to reimagine this anyway, once we get to the other side of whatever this time looks like. Um, And so 
but now I'm kind of exploring like, well, what does it look like to meet with people um, virtually that, you know, not something I'd ever really considered as my computer screen being the common ground meeting place. Um, and I think that's a lot just because of how I'm wired. So this has really pushed me to explore this whole new um, way of discovering common ground with people that I previously probably would have completely kind of neglected and shunned. Yeah, Melissa, Melissa, if you if you know anything about the Enneagram, Melissa is a seven. So she likes people and she's looking for the party. She's looking for she's looking for a good time. And so if there's a choice between virtual or physical uh, being present, she's going to choose physical. But it sounds like you've really built a uh, you're building a resiliency or God's building a resiliency in this group for, you know, kind of constantly having to adapt to an unfolding situation and scenario. And, you know, this might be an odd question, but I, I wonder is the church or people within the church that have become accustomed to the way we do church, are we as resilient? Um, I think we can be, but I think that we might possibly be a bit more reluctant to make these changes um, as quickly as you've been able to make them. I think so, but I'll tell you what I'm really seeing is I'm seeing people who maybe prior to this would have been very resistant to it, beginning to see this as opportunity Mm. because they're seeing value in what it is to do church differently. They're seeing that the church is still the church outside of the walls. Um, And a lot of the people that have started kind of um, joining in for table hours, that's been a lot of what our conversation has been about um, the past couple of weeks. And there are people that, um, you know, up until probably a month ago had never even heard of a Zoom call. They didn't know that they could do this. And suddenly I've got, you know, a 70-year-old woman sitting across the screen from me going, what does it mean for us to be the church and to connect to people in this virtual manner? How do we continue this after this time is over? And that to me was a really pivotal moment to hear that. But it, and it struck me that she needed something, that there are people that almost needed something cataclysmic to happen yeah. to make them go, wait a minute, it can, mm-hmm. this can be done and this is, it's necessary. Yeah, that's so good. I think there's some really important things that you said there. I mean, we're, we're being pushed to be innovative, creative, adaptive, not only is your fresh expression being expressed (laughs) in a fresh new way, but it's also inviting new people into um, community that maybe wouldn't have been there before. So I think that's significant as well for us to pay attention to that, you know, these new platforms have afforded us a, a new um, a new frontier right. in a lot of ways, and I think that's important for us to pay attention to. So you um, you found common ground, um, particularly in um, the the coffee house or that particular context. But I know you were doing some some other things in an apartment complex, and um, what what does that where where are you at with cultivating um, your fresh expressions in these different places, and where have you find common ground found common ground in those different places? Meaning, 
where has God given you um, a point of connection? Maybe it's a, a place, but maybe there's also a need. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we um, had really kind of dug in with and started um, was what we called second Saturdays in the park over at a local apartment um, community. And every second Saturday of the month, we would go over and um, basically host a picnic. We would cook hot dogs and invite the neighborhood to just come and have kind of a meal at the table with us and to play and hang out. And we had done that for several months and then community began to kind of take shape there. Um, We had people that were coming and kind of setting up like a place where people could pray and we were doing some worship music together and things. And there was this need there because this was a community where we served during the summer about a thousand lunches every day um, Mm -hmm. to children. And so we were providing a place where once a month they could come and be fed, they could parents could get a break and their kids would be played with for the afternoon and they could kind of connect with each other and with us and kind of bridge that gap between um, kind of what it was to be a member of a suburban large church and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of with the poverty of your community and kind of that we are the same. Um, yeah. And it was really interesting because we had just gotten to the point at the end of last year where we had finally identified kind of our person of peace in that community that was really going to help bridge. I felt like we were going to be able to bridge the gap. And it turned out it was someone who's actually connected with our church um, as an employee. So say a little bit more about the person of peace, because not everyone knows who that is. I know that 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 comes from Luke from the Gospels when when Jesus says to go out and to to basically find the door openers, right? You know, and so, well, so a person of peace is someone who is already kind of part of the community where you're kind of going to serve, who helps bridge that gap and build those relationships, and creates that doorway for you kind of to be able to go deeper. Um, yeah, and the community we were going is mostly a Spanish speaking community. And um, this particular person, her children had been coming to join us since we started. Um, But I didn't know that they were her children. And she came down in November, I think it was, and was like, hey. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And she's like, these are my children. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And so she and I started having conversations And she was like, I want to be really a part of this. I want to help you be able to go deeper in this community because she has, she has credibility in that community. And so she was able to help us begin to connect with families who maybe were a little less, um, who were maybe a little more skittish about. Right. I was going to say she helped, she. She helped with the trust factor, factor. and that's really what people of peace do. You know, people of peace open the door because they're a person that's trusted within that community already. She was able to say, these people are, this is okay. You know, they're here for for good reasons, Um, not to cause harm, but to really love on our families and to be with us in ministry Um, and also helped so much with just the communication aspect of it. Uh, yeah, which was really big for us to be able to kind of go, okay, now we've got someone who can 
help us communicate in ways that maybe we couldn't because, you know, everybody knew a little bit of Spanish, but nobody knew enough to really have the long conversation necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you do a really good job of identifying those people of peace, but you also, it seems that like um, what we would call the, the, the apest gifts, the, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, they just seem to kind of surround you and you have the ability, maybe I think they surround all of us, but you have the ability to really kind of point them out and, and, and invite them along the way with you. Um, who, who else have you invited to, to join you along the way? I know you talked about your, your group um, for the table hours and just kind of the new revelations that they're having as to what this whole idea of being church is um, that is apart from maybe our, our more inherited models that involve a, a building or a place that we gather on a regular basis. Um, what, what, do these, what do these people that you've invited along uh, with you look like? Are they a particular age? Do they have particular abilities? What are we you talking know, it's about? It's really kind of interesting. Um, they are, I would say, it's it's people from every walk of life, um, which is what's really kind of fascinating to me. So at Table Lowers, in that context, I had, um, had a young man in his 20s who was Jewish, who started just kind of sitting on the fringes of the table and um, listening. He was also um, autistic on the spectrum Mm. and started on the fringes, but he began to move in closer and closer to the table. And just recently he had, he was really big into Pokemon and he had come to me and said, I want to start a Pokemon fresh expression to kind of like share. He's like, I want to share the love of Jesus with this community of people that play Pokemon around here. And so I worked to help him get connected with someone to drop Poke stops. I learned more about Pokemon and like. (laughs) Than you ever wanted to know. Than I ever wanted to know. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. But that's just you, Melissa. I swear every, every time we talk, it's like, Heather, you, I've told this person needs to talk to you or this person's doing this or what if we did that? Um, um, and so, yeah, truly. you know, there are people like him that were mm-hmm. part of it. Um, and then there are older adults that were coming in like, what is this really all about? And they were like, can we really, people can just ask any question. And I'm like, yeah, any question. They're like, so even a question I wouldn't ask over in the church building, I can come ask here. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, you can. Um, Wow. So just to see that kind of unfold and that shift in their thinking was really beautiful. Um, With table or with the park, that group started a little differently because I started with a Bible study Mm -hmm. group um, that went through the Ken Carter's Fresh Expression book. Mm -hmm. And we kind of went through that study and we walked with them through the process of doing prayer walks, of listening, of having conversations, of identifying areas. Um, And so we went through the entire process and it was interesting because that group, it involved, um, had a Quaker who Mm. was like, this just seems like something I would be interested in doing. Mm -hmm. I had um, a guy who apparently he had just been looking on the internet for something. He worked during the day And he saw this group on our website and was like, hey, I'm going to go to that. And he showed up 
Turns out he had been a part-time local Methodist pastor at one point. Um, he had actually worked with my now husband in the Augusta district wow. and all this stuff. And, um, and then I had a woman, young woman who, um, just was like, I think this might be something I'm called to co-do. Um, and so we kind of all came together and went through this process and started this fresh expression over in the park. But what's kind of cool about that is that was the core group that started it. But then as they started it, other people kind of came along. They got curious. Yeah. 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 And became part of that core group. And now most of my core group that started that has gone on to start something new. That's beautiful. Yeah. That we like to say fresh expressions are born pregnant because they're always reproducing. So right? They don't they're not doing the table anymore. They're doing other things or not doing the part. They're doing other things. But it's been really kind of cool to see how those new things were birthed. Yeah. And and they, they feel the freedom and the they feel the freedom, but they also feel empowered to do so. And that I, I think frankly speaks a great deal to your leadership. I know you've talked about being um, uh, in the coffee house. You've talked about being in the park um, and and all of these other, even talking about Pokemon. What is it? Uh, we talk a lot about, you know, this is a form of church, right? And so the significant part of church is that we gather around the person and work of Jesus. So what does it look like to, to lift Jesus up in, in these different contexts? Because it looks different, right? We're not rubber stamping what we do on Sunday morning out in the park or with Pokemon. Right, right. Um, you know, I think it it looks different in every context, which has kind of been interesting. You know, in the park, to lift up Jesus was to share that meal around the table and mm. to, you know, to acknowledge that in the midst of that, Christ was present at the table with us and in building that community and in praying for and encouraging one another, um, and in us learning to partner together, um, as yeah, less of a less of an us and them, and more of a we, of a we. right? Yeah. Um, to see how you know we would bring a lot of the resources, but then they would the people there in the community began to help us host basically the picnic, you know, they were helping mm. to make sure kids got bags for food and things like that. Cause we would send them home with stuff at the end each week or each month. Um, and so kind of that beautiful cooperative yeah. work together, um, you know, it kind of reminded me of what like the church, the early church would have looked like um, with yeah. all these different people kind of coming together to serve one another and to share everything in common. Mm, and to take their place in the body, right. yeah, with their unique gifts their and gifts. abilities and what they have to bring exactly. uh, to the table. Right. Um, <laughs> so there, there's something really important that I think you said um, when we were talking about, you know, lifting Jesus up in a, in a context and um, in a particular context when we were talking about this uh, previously. And you said that, you know, you, it, what does it look like to to follow Christ's teachings now, I mean, in the middle of this pandemic, what does it look like to love your neighbor now? And, and one of the most significant things that you said was our homes uh, are not just our homes anymore. Right. Say a little bit more about that. So, you know, I think in the past few weeks, as I've been asking those questions of like, what does it mean to love your neighbor now? What does it look? Our homes have become, you know, 
I think it, it kind of started, somebody said a few weeks ago, like, well, the church is the place where we worship. And I said, and I pushed back and I said, no, I think our sense of place has changed because mm. our homes are now the places, their school, their church, their offices, their places of shelter and gathering with our families. They're kind of everything to us. And so we can't compartmentalize our lives as easily as we could before. And, um, but as I began to think through that, I was like, but isn't that what the early church really looked like? That they were gathering in their homes with one another. They were serving one another in their homes. Um, and it wasn't kind of this, like, you go here to worship, but they were just together, as it says, um, in one place, which seems like a really, uh, that jumped out at me the other day when I was reading in Acts. So they were together in one place. And I kept thinking, man, that's a really ambiguous term (laughs) in one place. And so, you know, what does it mean to be together in one place right now? And how do we reimagine what it means to touch another person's life, to care for them, to offer hope, um, even while we're together in our one places. Um, And so that's That's really been kind of, that was my aha moment, I think. Yeah, that's so good. That church doesn't have to happen inside walls. It can happen anywhere. (laughs) Church can happen anywhere. Church might break out anywhere, even in your neighborhood. Anytime, too. That's right. That's right. It doesn't have to happen at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. So how's God meeting you there? I guess, you know, particularly in your home or in kind of these new spaces that uh, that you've had to create, the, these new places to, to meet and connect with people and, and kind of shift and pivot to. I've decided that my, my meme for, I think all of our meme for the year is the, the pivot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If y'all remember from friends, you know, <laughs> pivot. That is our that is our meme for the year. Um, 2020 meme. You know, I think one of the main things that God has really been showing me right now is I was kind of always the person that was like, everybody needs to get out of their comfort zone. And what I've come to realize is that I actually had my own comfort zones. My comfort zones just happen to be the places that most people don't find that comfortable. Um, you know, because I liked to be in that physical space where there was community and conversation and maybe some chaos breaking loose um, a lot of the time just to see what would unfold. And suddenly that has been kind of taken away from me. And I've had to learn how to live out my faith and my call in this new space um, and try something, you know, God kind of was, I was, arguing with God the other day. And um, like, you know, you just have to have that moment where you're just like, God, this is, I don't like this, you know? And um, yeah. all of a sudden it was like, I heard God whispering <laughs> my favorite mantra to me that I just needed to try something to try anything and just see what happened. And I was like, it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, yeah, your mantra, right? So, but yes, we're all being pushed to try, try different, different things. things. And, um, and that's scary. That's scary for a lot of us that aren't quite as resilient as you are, that maybe aren't um, as willing to experiment and try new things. But that really is kind of the 
the battle cry of fresh expressions, right? right? It's like, just try something something. to connect with people because they're all gods. Yeah. And so, you know, what if we look at this time almost as gift, Mm. you know, that we've got this fertile ground that we can kind of till with God and kind of discover how do we plant seeds during this time? How do we tend them? And then how do we see what grows? I mean, I kind of think about when I was a kid, I used to like to get like wildflower seeds or something in my hand and they would just be all kinds of different seeds. And I'd love to throw them out in the yard. Of course, my dad could not stand this particular habit of mine, but then I would go and I'd water that area and stuff just to see what happened. And um, for me, that kind of image has come in back to mind of like, okay, well, what does it mean for us to just kind of throw the seeds up? and see what sprouts, what takes root, what doesn't, what can we keep from this time? What can we, what can we maybe let go of that we had previously? Um, That's so good. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I was going to say a lot of us are are less or more risk averse, um, but I, I heard it said multiple times during this season, you know, there's, you know, you to, to just try something to experiment with things that, you know, we, we, we think of winning or losing, or we think of succeeding or, or failing, but in reality, we either win or we learn something. And, and we, we learn something for those times when we feel like we've, we've failed or things haven't gone maybe <laughs> the way we thought they were going to go. And we, um, I think we can all feel at a point of time like this, that we're losing or that we have just really kind of been knocked um, on our rear ends and, um, and, and we're trying to stand back up again. And, you know, sometimes it it requires standing up again over and over and over again, um, to, to, to figure out, um, but, but, you know, this is what I know about God. God doesn't waste anything. We're going to learn something. And, um, it's like you said, seeds are are being planted in places that someone else is going to water and tend to, if it's not us. Right. Um, And I think it's just that willingness that, yes, we have to be intentional, but we've also got to just embrace the mystery, the mystery of God and of the Mm -hmm. moment and how is God working through this in ways that we don't even see. So what do you, as far as the future of of the church, because I think in a lot of ways we've been talking um, in in the Fresh Expressions U.S. circles about uh, the future has come faster than we thought it was um, coming, like the future is now. Yes. Uh, it's kind of, you know, at our front door. So how, how do you see these fresh expressions of church impacting our inherited models of church, uh, that many of us have been, um, nurtured and grown and formed by, um, you talk a lot about, um, you, you've talked a lot about the kind of the both and, Mm -hmm. um, how do you see that? What do you see the future, um, in, in relationship to, fresh expressions and these inherited forms of church. What does that look like to you? Well, you know, serving with a large congregation, this has been a question I've started kind of wrestling with over the past few weeks, because if the data that we hear from, you know, medical professionals, CDC and all is correct, then we're not going to be able to maybe gather in large groups beyond 15 or 20 for quite some time. Um, And so how does this idea of fresh expression work kind of, inform um, that time for us, because essentially what I see is that we will be creating in some way work almost of fresh expressions within maybe our own kind of 
fostering them or planting the seeds with our own congregations, maybe, but then also inviting others to come and be a part of it that maybe weren't coming to kind of the big church building um, each week. Um, And how do we foster that community and connection and kind of harness this curiosity and energy about connecting people to kind of charter and navigate this new course. Um, You know, I was thinking the other day, I was listening to someone and they were talking about how they had this church and it had this kind of network of small groups of kind of almost like a fresh expression type network. And I think they had started, um, it really had started as a fresh expression, but each week the groups would gather, but on like one month, they would gather as small groups, three months or three Sundays of the month, but then right. they would come to church as a network of small groups um, on one Sunday. So you had basically four different pods of people kind of coming in on one month with others kind of. I th- was that the, I think that was the interview. Was that with Paul McKechnie from the UK? I think it was. Yeah. And I was like, it just totally like sparked my imagination. Well, it really speaks to the large church. I mean, they basically had outgrown their space and they couldn't find space that they could accommodate. So they split everybody up and people basically rotated through the space that they could gather it and they split them up into groups. And we need to pay attention to that. Right. Is that how we begin to reimagine kind of our inherited models right now Mm -hmm. of, you know, this small group and then this larger network? It really does speak more to the gathered and scattered um, because three weeks out of the month you are scattered and the, early church <laughs> and, and the one work. week out of the month you're gathered. Yeah, it is much more of a missional pulse right. for the church uh, that we were birthed out of. Right. You know, um, the, the early church, era. you know, that was what they were. They were scattered all around. And I see, I see the 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 potential for fresh expressions in um, multiple geographical locations and smaller groups um, as a bridge, like you've said, to the wider community, to um, people that have connected. I think uniquely um, during this time with their neighbors that maybe they didn't know before, or maybe those relationships have been deepened as they've had to rely on one another more um, during this time and frankly, see each other all the time, um, whether it be across the street from each other or walking your dog or or whatever. But how do we how do we dig into those places, into those new frontiers of relationship to potentially connect around a table that could serve as a bridge to the larger church or could could, you know, be self uh, self-sufficient in and of itself as a table gathering within a, a neighborhood or a geographical location. I, I love that. You know, it's funny because I remember one of my challenges um, with my group when I did the Fresh Expressions group about a year ago was to go and like basically ask your neighbor to borrow a cup of sugar. Mm. And when I asked them to do that, you could just see terror on their faces. Like what? I'm like, you talk to people all the time, go borrow a cup of sugar. But I noticed last week I was having a conversation with several people um, from the church. And what I kept hearing is, well, I had to go ask my neighbor for an egg. I had to go borrow this from my neighbor. And I'm like, all of a sudden we're thrust into this environment where we're learning how to ask, ask for help almost yeah um, and connect so in ways good. that we wouldn't have done done before you know like 
oh, your neighbor's going to the grocery store. Can you get me, you know, can you get yeah. me toilet paper? So yeah. I think. No way. That, that, that'll cost you. <laughs> <laughs> that'll cost you big. Okay. So what, what one thing would you want people to know about um, finding and cultivating common ground uh, in their community and their area neighborhood? Um, I think it's not easy. That's really the thing that, you know, for me, when I first started this work, I thought, this is going to be a, this is going to be a cinch for me. And it's not, it's not easy. It's hard work. And it means accepting the fact on the front end um, that some things are going to work and some things are not, and you can't be afraid of either possibility. Um, You Mm. just have to be willing to try something and see what happens. Um, And that there's no shame if it doesn't work or if it fails. Um, Because at the end of the day, I'd rather say that I tried and I failed than that I never tried at all, Um, which seems so so good. Sounds so cliche, but yet it's the truth. Um, I was going to say it's, it's, it's not easy, but it is kind of simple. I mean, we we make it a lot more complicated (laughs) than it, than it needs to be. Right. And sometimes, you know, those failures open doors to, to new things. Um, and you just learn from every experience and season. Um, and you've just got to keep being curious about what you're doing and about the work and how do you listen and to people and invite them to, kind of participate and be a part of that journey. Um, that's so good. Don't do it by yourself. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Don't do it by yourself. You'll. What is that? What is the African proverb? If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, far <laughs> yeah. take someone that's with so you. so good. Yep. <laughs> so what, 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 what is getting your attention right now? What are you reading? Um, right now I'm reading, um, Leonard Sweet's, um, tablet to table. So good. And have loved it. And I'm about halfway through that. And I'm getting ready to start rereading um, Canoeing the Mountains. You and like 10 other people (laughs) I've talked to. If y'all aren't familiar with Canoeing the Mountains, it's by Todd Bolsinger. And uh, really about adaptive leadership and what it it looks like to lead in some uncharted territory, which, hello, we are in the middle of right now. um, I actually sent a podcast um, to my entire team the other day of Todd. And I said, y'all have to listen to this. I said, so you can understand where I'm coming from. Listen to this. I said, because this adaptive leadership is, um, it's where we are right now. We've come to the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Canoeing the mountains is a prophetic word. If, 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 you know, for lack of a better (laughs) uh, definition of that book, that, that was a prophetic word that was written, what, like three, four years ago, something. Yeah. Yeah. I think around 2015. So yeah. Wow. Five years years ago. ago. So, you know, we've come to the mountains and our canoes are not going to work. Yeah. So what's going to be the new mode of transportation to get us over those mountains? So good. So good. All right. And and where can people kind of get in touch with you if they have more questions or if they want to connect with you? Or are you on the social platforms? I am on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Instagram, I'm Preacher Lady 13 and just Melissa Kine Mobley right now on Facebook. And, um, you know, they can always reach out to me at Roswell UMC. Um, and I'm there on the website, um, Melissa, it should be Melissa Kahn Hall, I think now. So 
Her name's changing all over the place. <laughs> but I will put those connections in the show notes for you. Thank you so much, Melissa, for your time. I really appreciate You're welcome. you. It's been a and, uh, and I look forward to what God's going to do next with the, through you. And um, for your time today, I'm going to give you a free copy of The Field Guide to Methodist Fresh Expressions by our friend Michael <laughs> Beck and George Acevedo. So your free copy is in the mail. And thank you again so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Can't wait to see you again in person. <laughs>